0: This is a Soulfire production. All right, everybody. Welcome to Activate. We have an incredible guest here today. One of my new close friends. I feel like we've become great friends over the past few years. We were introduced by a mutual friend, Jessica Zweig and Aaron Koop. Um, They met at a women's retreat together and then Priya and I, Priya Lockie and I have become friends through going on our own personal growth journey, our own spiritual path and just I'm truly she's someone that really, really, really impresses me with her, what she did, how she's transitioned, who she's become and her commitment to evolution the way she says things you guys are so digestible so tangible she was a criminal defense lawyer turned now Healer and founder of Awaken Ananda. I'll read you her bio really quick. So, Priya Lockie, JD, founder of Awaken Ananda, specializes in supporting women to integrate intuition with their intelligence. After 15 years as a lawyer and professor, she became passionate about guiding others to harness their power within to create potent and powerful lives. Priya is a master results coach, a board certified trainer in hypnotherapy and neuro linguistic programming, and has spent years studying ancient spiritual wisdom and the quantum field. She has synergized those lessons into leadership skills that support, accelerate, and empower. With the clarity of a lawyer and the compassion of a healer, Priya is a living bridge between science and spirit, and she's on a mission to empower women with fierce grace to actualize their highest potential. You guys meet Priya. (laughs) she's incredible (laughs) thank you for reading
1: that with such passion it makes me like i'm like yeah i do do all that shit (laughs) sorry can we
0: curse (laughs) yes we can we established that in the first episode (laughs) in the first sentence of the first episode (laughs) perfect this is gonna be great (laughs) thanks for having me laura i'm excited to be here yes so i'm so excited for everybody on this line to meet you so what I love pre about you is how you make such big concept concepts so digestible and I feel like you do it because of your background. I mean, to go from a criminal defense attorney to a spiritual healer, can you just kind of walk us down that path and and really how this came to be?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I was a criminal defense lawyer for 15 years. I worked mostly with clients on death row. And it was a it was a passion. It was like in my blood, right? I wanted to make a difference in the world and I wanted to do that through law because it was something that I loved. I loved being a trial lawyer. I loved putting on uh, a performance on a daily basis, right? Because that's what it felt like. And so um, trial law was my Baby. And then I decided, you know, where I'm most needed is with working with the public defender's office. So people who cannot afford a lawyer who are being charged with potential crimes that could give them death, right? And they have no one to stand next to them. Most of my clients were struggling. And you know what, Laura, with what I find really interesting is that my clients from my legal days to my clients, in my healing and coaching days,
0: all want the same thing. I literally had this image. I'm like, oh, when you said that, I'm like, oh, she does the same thing still. But (laughs) I was like, she does the same thing. (laughs) All of our skills are transferable. Who we are. It's not our jersey. It's who we are inside of what we do.
1: Totally. Totally, right? Because people want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to have hope. And they want to know someone is standing next to them that believes in them. That's what we're looking for when we're walking each other home on this journey. And it was just such, you know, and to look back at it now, I was able to do that for my clients as a lawyer in much the same way, because even my clients now are fighting for life, their own life. Maybe the government is not trying to take it away from them as there wasn't as a criminal lawyer, but. Even my clients now have created their own self imposed prison, right? Without recognizing that they have the key. So it was such a beautiful transition for me where the universe put me in my own prison. So around year 11 or 12 of my life, I recognized that I was living in a cage, right? I was living this world where, um, in my career, so 11 years into my career, so I was living in this world where. I was doing everything everyone wanted me to do. I checked all the boxes. I had the great career. I had the great partner. I had the great house. I had great friends. I was like playing hard, living hard, uh, finding a lot of relief at the bottom of tequila bottle. <laughs> right? <laughs> like I was like, this is life. Like life is just this. You work, you play, you work, you play, you have fun, you do these things all the while i was feeling more and more unfulfilled on the inside and and really caged in to like this can't be life i can't do this for 70 years and then one day hope to be retired and then one day hope i can go do all of these dreams that i have this like this can't be the meaning of life but here's the thing right as successful women Whenever I asked my friends if they also felt that same sense of unfulfillment, I got pushback. People were like, what are you talking about? Your life is fantastic. You have everything that you've always wanted. And there's like really nothing to complain about. So you're just making, you know, a mountain out of a molehill. Like there's really nothing wrong. And I was like, okay. All right. So maybe this is it. Maybe this is just life. You eat, you work, you drink, you go to bed. You have a partner and you have some kids, not that I have any, but like, whatever, this is it. This is all you do. And the questioning of that brought me so far out of my comfort zone that I put it to the side. I just ignored that there was this little gnawing little voice inside of me that wanted more. Until one day, as the universe does, it started throwing softballs, then footballs. Then volleyballs in my face. (laughs) And until, like, literally the whole house came down around me because I ignored all of the other signs because I was so trained to color in the lines, right? I was so trained to this is how you live life. You follow these rules, you do this stuff, then you smile then you pretend to be happy, and then you die. (laughs) Like, it was just like this formula. And I come from an immigrant family, right? And so work hard was the only value I was taught. You work hard, and if you work hard and you're a responsible human, life is going good for you. So it was such a flurry of emotion inside of me. And again, I kept ignoring it. Two more years, kept ignoring it until finally um, I was stuck in bed for three days. I had hives all over my body. And my client that till this day, Laura, I know is innocent was executed. Nope. <laughs> and it was it. It was it. It was like It was like my whole world, like any, I was like, I cannot be part of this system anymore. I cannot be part of the system that tells me that I'm just supposed to be happy when injustice is happening around me (laughs) and fuck it. Like, like, I hate to say it, but that was my like, fuck it moment. And I didn't know what to do because I was depressed and I was angry and I was guilt ridden. And my partner was about to walk out the door because nothing I was doing was working in our relationship. And I was just so unhappy. So I had one of those like bathroom moments where you're like on the bathroom floor, like piles of tissues all around you, sobbing for what felt like hours. Um, And this was in 2017 or 2016. And, um, I heard this voice and this is going to sound straight up crazy, but I heard a voice and the voice said, go to India. At that point, Laura, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in voices. I didn't believe in intuition. I didn't believe in any of that because I was so miserable that I was in a place where I thought if God really exists, then he would not have made me this unhappy. And so therefore he can't exist or she can't exist. So therefore it's it's just not true. Like there's just no point to life. There's no meaning to life. We're just here, we live and then we die and then who knows what happens. And But I couldn't ignore that voice anymore of like, go to India, go to India. And because there was people around me that loved me and saw me in probably the worst shape of my life, like rock bottom. And because I didn't know what else to tell them to make them go away. I just said, fine, I'm going to India. And so that's what I did. And I spent um, all of 2017 in India. I thought I was only going for a couple of weeks. I swear to you, I hadn't even stopped the mail. I was like, I'm just going to go to India. I'm going to figure some shit out and I'll be fine. and I'll just go right back to my life and it'll be great. Wow. Um, that's, so that's how the journey started. And in India, I landed up at my aunt's house, who is an energy healer and a yoga teacher. And I just knew, like, I just knew that's where I had to go. And I stepped off the plane and she took one look at me and she literally nursed me back to life. That's how the journey started. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so all of India, 2017, I went north, south, east, and west for my own healing journey. Again, with no intention to come back and do what I'm doing now. None. I went because I didn't know what else to do to bring myself back to wholeness. And during that year, I had some of the most profound mystical experiences you can imagine where I could no longer deny that there is something bigger than ourselves.
0: Such a moving story. I'm like, I'm so glad we have this recorded that you can go watch. This is your TED Talk. (laughs) For real. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is really your awesome. I, I know you and I'd have never heard this whole story. I'm and over I'm here like, like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. So you have your bathroom, hit your knees moment. You go to India, you go on your own healing path. When did you know this is like, did you already know you wanted to not be a lawyer anymore? Like, how did, did you come back quit? Like what, what happened?
1: I knew probably at the end
0: of the first six weeks. First, I just literally
1: was needed to be revitalized like i i wasn't functioning as a human i mean i was barely eating i was super unhappy um and i didn't know what it was and then about 6 weeks into my rehabilitation let's just call it that cuz that's what it is out of coming out of my own prison with my aunt being my warden let's just put all these metaphors together I love it. right she she said to me you know you're here to be a healer and I said I don't know what you're talking about she said I you're here for a different reason than you think you're here and I said okay she's like what do you want to do and the first words that came out of my mouth was I don't know what I want to do but I can tell you I don't want to be a lawyer anymore And, and by that point, I had already taken a sabbatical from my job. And so I just called and I said, listen, you should hire my position out to somebody else. Because I'm not coming back. I might, but as of right now, I'm not coming back. And that was the first major decision that I made to destroy
0: my old life. I, I love that. I love that. I You said... I don't know what I want to do, but I know what I don't want to do. And I feel like that's the moment a lot of people are in right now. Um, you know, COVID obviously put us in our own bathroom moment in our own ways. And I feel like it's it's almost a forced awakening for a lot of us. And I think a lot of us could have that same conversation right now. Maybe I don't want to do what I was doing. Anymore. Yeah. Maybe those are habits that are no longer serving me. Maybe it's our career. Um, where do you feel like this conversation is super relevant to what's happening today?
1: Well, I think there's so many parallels, right? I mean, this is like the universe is saying to all of us, I'm shutting your house down. Like this is Earth on pause. And so you now, as an individual, get to decide what level of freedom do you want to come back to? Do you want to be trapped in the same rat race that you were? That I was too, by the way, right? This pause here has also made me realize that there are parts of my life pre-COVID that I don't want to go back to. And so I think the number one thing we can all ask ourselves is, where am I holding on so tightly to a life that I don't want? Right? Because what's, because it's scary, Laura. I mean, it's right. I mean, you, you know, this, I know this. It's scary to go from what's been your comfort zone, even if you liked it or not, at least you knew it. At least you could predict it. To a whole new world where you get to decide: Am I going to go left? Am I going to go right? Or am I just going to say, "Screw it all! Let me go for a circle." Who knows? I think that's the biggest parallel in this time. Is it's an awakening if you choose for it to be. First of all, and if you choose for it to be, the number one question is: Where in my life do I want to just see? differently feel differently hear differently right and there's and for me one of the places that is is um in relationship i've been really thinking about Am I truly living from a place of where I am allowing to receive as much as I'm giving? Right? Especially during this time, we've been giving so much to so many people, right? And if we're at home with our kids and our partners and our spouses and our parents and our neighbors, we're just like giving and giving and giving. And I have a lot of clients now that are coming to the recognition that this whole martyr syndrome is just not going to work for them and so i think another question to ask ourselves is where do we want to put boundaries in place that we never have before so right so we can stay in this beautiful container of rebirth because that's
0: what it feels like to me Mm. So good. We were chatting earlier and you said a a profound phrase. You said, this is our crucible moment where a new bowl of potential and possibility can be born. I was like, whoa. And you said, we get to create and fill it with what we want and we get to recognize what we no longer need.
1: Right. Totally. Right. And here's the thing, Laura, people don't have to change. That's not what I'm saying. Like you can fill that crucible with the exact life you had before. All I'm asking each of us to consider is, is it an empowered choice? Right. Are you choosing that? Or is that just what we've fallen back to?
0: Is it on automatic?
1: Right. Is it on automatic? Right. And I think I think we just can't be sleepwalking through our lives anymore. And this pause or this great pause has forced us to recognize that. And at some point, even you can only watch so much Netflix before you get bored enough, right? To say, well, this is still not numbing out what I feel. And that's the urgency right like it's just make the choice whatever it is just make sure it's what you actually want not what
0: you think you should be doing so when I get to that point I'm watching Netflix and I'm like I don't this this numbing is not working anymore there's something there are what so I'm like okay I got to get out of this cage right what give me the first access point because not everyone's going to fly to India quite frankly we can't do that right now So I love the questions that you've already proposed for us. Where am I holding on so tightly to a life I don't want? Where do I want to see differently, hear differently, and think differently? And where am I allowing myself to receive as much as I'm giving? And where do I want to put boundaries in place? These are all very, very empowering questions. Are there any other tools you use to keep unlocking and evolving?
1: I I. I think the number one tool is awareness. Awareness will shift energy, right? Our emotions, whatever we're feeling is just energy in motion. And so that energy, much like ourselves, wants to be seen, acknowledged and heard, right? It's here to teach us something. So I think when you get in that spot, Laura, I get in that spot where we're watching something and we're like, oh, this just isn't working anymore. The number one thing I do is just pause, by the way, for 90 seconds, because emotions work through us in 90 seconds if we actually pay attention to them. They don't have to stay, unless it's a beautiful big lesson that's coming. But just the primary emotion, that energy in motion needs about 90 seconds to dissipate if we give it the awareness it's asking for. And so it's just sitting there saying, what isn't working for me anymore? Naming it. Is it that I'm bored? Is it that I'm lonely? Is it that I'm tired? Is it that I feel like um, I'm all alone in the world? Is it that there's something I'm watching on television that's making me feel like I'm not enough? I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. Like, What is that emotion that's creeping up? And the awareness of it alone allows that emotion to dissipate and the learning to come. So what most people do, right, is we do whatever we can to not feel that thing.
0: (laughs) But you know, they're called feelings. Insert tequila in your past life.
1: (laughs) And so tequila, still tequila, but maybe not (laughs) at the same level. (laughs) So tequila, Um, but they're called feelings because we're supposed to feel them, you guys. We're supposed to feel them. They're not here to hurt us. Life is not here to kill us and hurt us and stagnate us. That is not the point of it. I have a whole different conversation about what what, if television is doing that to us, but maybe that's a
0: different podcast. Right, right. (laughs) Um, Beautiful and so simple. Just allowing, you just gave us so much permission to feel their feelings, feel them 90 seconds. We can all sit there for 90 seconds and then boom, the lesson comes in, the awareness comes in. Simple. I love that. Um, so you've obviously come out of your own cage and broken free into a new evolution of who you are. And you're consistently doing that because every time we talk, I'm like speaking to a new human and you're allowing yourself to become more and you're undoing and you're undoing and you're remembering and you're remembering um for the people on the line that are peeling back masks peeling back layers peeling back limiting beliefs what um words of wisdom would you have for them to do that to to peel back those masks at this time and and see what's there for them to evolve into
1: First of all, I want to acknowledge them for doing that because it is an act of courage and I want you to be strong about this because it takes strength and courage to look in those places where we play hide and seek with ourselves because that's Right, cuz that's what we're doing. We're playing hide and seek with ourselves cuz I know this. I did it for so many years of my life. Right? And so it takes it takes a profound acknowledgement of yourself to say, here are the parts of me that I've created. And by the way, we are always in choice. And so we have created them. And let me tell you one other thing. In our unconscious mind, everything that we create, every mask, every shadow, we create because our unconscious mind is trying to protect us. It's always filling a need. So we're not inherently bad. We're not inherently unworthy. We're not inherently jealous or angry or hurt, right? Everything that we do, it's because our unconscious mind is saying, if we if we create this behavior, if we create this protective mechanism, then she won't get hurt. So, The acknowledgement of the shadow, I think, is such a beautiful journey that the number two thing behind courage is recognizing that it's a journey, that this is not something that you think about once and will yourself consciously to change because that just won't work. And in fact, it will deepen the pattern even more because when it arises again, because it will, what you'll do is you'll keep blaming yourself for something that just requires a little more work out of you. So commitment to the process, acknowledging the courageousness of your own actions. And then I think the number three thing that I really recommend that people do when they think about their shadow is to work with someone because they're called blind spots for a reason. And so perhaps that's even going on YouTube and doing a free guided meditation. That's perhaps working with a therapist or a coach or a healer. That's perhaps reading a book. Like, I don't mean you have to work with someone and pay someone money. But you have to have the awareness of what the shadow or the mask is here to teach you. And if it's a blind spot, then we're never going to get to that. And so there's so many tools that help us through that, that if you're going to start the journey, then you might as well equip yourself with all of the tools that we have around us.
0: Beautiful. And you guys... One of the things I love about Priya is she's super super accessible she has so many free tools so she was doing free live hy- hypnosis trainings on Sunday nights she now has a ton of free ones on YouTube that you can find and then she does 30 minute discovery sessions on her site you can find that and we're gonna link everything up so I know so many of you on the line are like Laura, you know who can I work with you who should I follow? should I do this Priya is somebody that's the real deal Priya is someone that you can go to she has tons of free um tools and you can absolutely find her through YouTube, see if you vibe with her. If you're already vibing with her here, then absolutely. So um another thing, Priya, and I love that. So courage, acknowledge the shadow, commitment to the process and work with someone. Um Very, very, very courageous. So you and I were talking about like awakening. I, I love how you talk about ascension. Like your brand is Awaken Ananda. I would love if you could define... That term, if you could define what that means for people. Because the way you say it is just, it offers such great wisdom to people who might think that that's like such an out there concept.
1: Yes, yeah, so, awaken Ananda, right? Ananda is a Sanskrit term or Ananda, however you want to say it. It's a Sanskrit term. And these Sanskrit terms, by the way, it's like one word and there's no direct translation in English. So let me just say the whole thing. <laughs> it means. To awaken to your highest potential, and ultimate bliss in the field of all possibility. That's what ananda means, is that that you have a bliss and a potential that's multidimensional, that's not linear, which means it's not just, it's not just what you think it is, that there is so much more to you than you think you are and that's what I want to awaken and by the way that's what ascension is right ascension is this beautiful we are ascending right we descended to get here which means that there must be a pathway going to higher frequencies higher dimensions so here's how I like to think about it I like to think about it in we are we are on a train that's going 50 miles an hour however what if there's another train that can get you to your dreams that can get you to feeling completely at home with yourself and that train is going 100 miles an hour and by the way, that train has no roadblocks. Whereas the other train, it's like, it's, like, it's like the slow train to Queens versus the express train to Queens, right? Like I used to live in New York City. We always wanted the express train, <laughs> right? So what if you could create your life in the way where you're always on the express train, it's always going to your perfect stop, and it's going at the fastest rate possible, Because you, as the conductor of that train, have now just decided to change a platform. That's what ascension is it's giving you the tools, the power, the energy to see a different platform, a different train, and by the way, in a completely new and a profound way. So you're now expanded to even create what you never thought of before.
0: Mm.
1: How do I get on that train?
0: (laughs) How do we get on that train?
1: We all want to get on that train, right? And I think...
0: Be our conductor.
1: Right. Be a conductor of your own train. I think just the number one way is to even realize that there is a different train to get on. And that... There are a multitude of people out here and of resources and of movies that are wanting to even show you a different train schedule. (laughs) And are you willing to just open your eyes to that? And are you then willing to then, because here's what happens when people realize that there's a different schedule. Sometimes they get really angry. They get really pissed off that they've lived their life one way, not even realizing there's a different train track. So then are you willing to say, I'm going to get over my anger. I'm going to get over my frustration that it's taken me this long to get here. And am I now willing to say, okay, what do I need to do to get on this train? Now, in the beginning, Laura, you and I know this ascension evolution change can feel chaotic can feel very isolating can feel super scary and confusing because there's so many different ways to get there so I think right for anyone who's listening is the realization and the recognition that all of those feelings are going to arise and I'm going to do it anyways And I'm going to keep going. And I find that when people get on that train, Laura, for my clients, here's what happens. They want to do everything all at the same time. So they'll yoga, they'll meditate, they'll read all the conspiracy theories. They'll go to a tarot card reader. They'll go to a psychic. They'll do all of this stuff. And the missing key for all of them is not having the knowledge but the wisdom to integrate it into your life. So I would say that's, once you get to the place of, I'm going to go through it anyways, it's giving yourself time to integrate all of these beautiful, new, profound learnings that are coming into you. Because otherwise you're just going to be, right? Overwhelmed, but you're going to be overwhelmed in a different way. Mm -hmm. You're going to be overwhelmed with all of this knowledge and then you're still going to go to the tequila bottle. I, I know that feeling too.
0: Yeah, it's like oh, too much, too fast, too soon. Too much, too, yeah. And one of my teachers, he said it so well. He's like, sip the water bottle. Don't chug right. it.
1: <laughs> totally. Because it's still there, right? Because the water bottle's not going anywhere, y'all. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> but sip it. And then you can chug it. Actually, you can't chug it once you sip it first. Once you have a groundedness about the integration, then the knowledge actually comes faster and more furious
0: which is what you feel like you're experiencing now, right? But if you experienced what you're experiencing now five years ago, you'd be like, what? Like, freak out. Tequila bottle.
1: (laughs) Totally. (laughs) One tequila bottle in each hand, for God's sake. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And I mean, it's it's the whole new world, right? I mean, you've experienced it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest part for me, and I would add to, to the fifth, and I don't know if you would add on is, um, then finding your community so you don't feel alone. I think the biggest part for me was feeling super alone in it. Like the, like I, the feeling is scary, isolating, confusing. All of those emotions were like, oh, it's like they can feel like a lot and I have to do it anyways so they can't go back. But then finding other people on this path and that's why having a tribe is so important. That's why I'm so grateful for conversations like this. That's why I started this because I know somebody is like me who is seeking this cuz they know they feel crazy right now. Then <laughs> yeah. they feel alone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. And I and I can I just add one more thing onto yeah. that? This is a beautiful time to start trusting your intuition when you find your community. So, make sure that you try out a few different People or communities or groups, right? And don't feel like if anyone is trying to teach you something that doesn't feel good or right to you, perhaps it's just not the way you're meant to hear the message. It doesn't mean that person is bad. It doesn't mean that person is inauthentic. But I've had so many people also come to me after they've gone to some other places, and and they've been so traumatized in their awakening for lack of a better word because they've just been pounded with you must do it this way, you should do it this way. If you're yeah. not, and that's that's not that's not it, y'all. We're not we're
0: trying to get out of the shoulds. Totally. And and that leads us to such a poignant conversation um that you and I were having before about right now what how you said it is you believe. It is time for teachers of all kinds, whether you're a fitness teacher, a yoga teacher, a leader in business, a leader in finance, to lead from a new place. And I would love if you could speak to that and why you feel like we're being called to do that now.
1: Yeah, I think. Thank you. I think it's it's a it's a potent time to lead. And we're leaders. Every one of us are leaders, whether that's leading our families, leading our businesses, leading our friends, perhaps, right? And what is the leadership model shifting to? I really believe that it's shifting from this structure of being a hierarchy with just one person on top with, you know, some executive teams and then some team members to this place of circular or inclusive leadership knowing that everyone has skills that contribute to the other. And not one particular set of skill sets is better. It doesn't mean that there shouldn't be a decision maker. That's not what I'm saying, because then we would fall into an inefficiency and an ineffectiveness that would take people down a very low energy system. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we have to create space for people to be heard, for everyone's opinion to be valued. And we have to teach as leaders from a place where we are authentic. So I do a lot of work in the corporate well-being space where we bring wellness to the workplace, right? And I find it really interesting, Laura, is that I have so many leaders who want to bring wellness and well-being to their team. And yet in no way are they contributing to their own wellness or well-being.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Right. And the thing is like, I, I, right. And this is just life, like the way we are at work or the way we are at home. So we want to be in relationship with you, which means we want to trust you and I can't trust that you actually care about me if you don't care about yourself. Right. I just, I can't, I can't trust that. I can't trust that you, allow me to be, you want me to be authentic and vulnerable with you if you're not authentic and vulnerable with me. We can see through that. And that's actually called energy. And people may not recognize that's what's happening. But if you're not energetically the person you want me to be, and if you want me to share with you my thoughts, my ideas, and my creations and my vision to you, my leader, if you're not creating a space for me to do that, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to be scared, right? And especially now coming back after COVID, right? We're going to come back to trauma. We're going to come back to fear. We're going to come back to workplaces where people aren't going to necessarily want to be in conference rooms with each other. So as a leader, how are we going to show up and recognize that we can't go back to the old model of leadership because the teams that we work with can't go back to who they are and we don't want to. All we can do is learn the lessons and move forward. So I think it's just such a potent time for leaders to really think about who they want to be as leaders.
0: That's so beautiful. Well, what's, what makes it a little more digestible I feel like right now is we, we all have more space right now. So It's almost like, how can we keep a continuation of this space? You know, cause in that pause and in that space, we can be more considerate. We can allow for creativity. We can listen, (laughs) right? And empower somebody else's perspective to be heard. So I do think that it's almost like this time is, is giving us an extended space to Keep that space because I believe that what we're being asked to do now in business is to create more sustainable systems like we're seeing it from our hospital system to um, just everything public transportation. I love what the New York governor said, you know, he's been speaking so beautifully to me about this whole situation. He just said, listen, things we swept under the rug for years as like, oh yeah, we'll get to that later. Oh, oh that needs to be changed. Nah, don't have the finances for it right now. He's like, this is the time to change it. Period. We cannot, our systems are no longer sustainable. And so it's how do we take this space, shift systems and, and yeah, we're not going back. Like we can't go back. Like it's not even an option at right. this point. Right.
1: right. And I think that, and I think, so in addition to that, Laura, I think the people also recognize that they have more power in what they demand now, right? Which is, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I just, I heard this example where pharmaceutical companies have reduced the cost of insulin for the first time in I don't know how many years. And I heard the response being like, oh, you could have done this all along. Why didn't we do that? Why did I believe you when you told me you couldn't do that, right? So now you're going to have people that are that are rightfully going to be demanding their sovereignty and their freedom.
0: Even nurses, I have i have a nurse friend, two of my nurse friends came out of retirement to go to the front lines in New York. And one of them said, you know, there are laws in certain states where in the ER, it's one to two. He goes, I'm on one to five right now, because it's not a law in New York. You wow. know, there's certain laws that have to shift like, and we're seeing where like our medical systems are not sustainable. And I don't have a background in this. I don't really know how to speak to it. Besides we can just see what's no longer working and we can use this as an opportunity to use this space to innovate and create. So what would you say to people that are going back to work, entrepreneurs who get to pivot right now, um, thought leaders that are in a new, new world, how do we, make this shift what would you say to those leaders there are a lot of leaders on this line like what do we have what what questions can we be asking ourselves right now what moves can we be making
1: I don't think it's any different than we would ask ourselves in our own personal evolution right because remember the way you show up at work is the way you show up in life or the way you show up in life is the way you show up in work we're not different people we just have to apply our truth differently if we're leading others or we're leading ourselves, So my truth is always, one of my true core values is integrity, right? So I never am going to pitch something I can't deliver. If I don't know the answer to a question in my leadership, I always say, let me research that and get back to you. I value your question. I don't want to bullshit my way through your answer. Right. So I think those are some of the ways in which we as leaders can say, what was I clinging on so tightly to that was part of my ego in leadership?
0: Right. I have that, to have the right? right answer to look good, to yeah. have to have it all together. Yep.
1: Exactly. Right. That's a big one because that's not working anymore. You can't just look good and get people to trust you. In these pandemic times, you've got to give people real value, real credibility. So I think that's probably the first place I have started is in my leadership. Where did I let my ego run the show? Mm. And how can I shift that? And what does that ego even look like, right? What is what is that? Even questioning that, um, and then. I think number two for me in terms of leadership is how can I support others to recognize how to be leaders in their own life? Because there is a real sense of urgency right now. Because here's the thing, this shift, this ascension, this awakening is unknown. It is 100% dependent on our consciousness. It is not like this is a sure thing. People, we are in a great awakening, but where this awakening ends and how it continues to blossom is 100% dependent on the consciousness of every single person on this planet. So what we need to do as leaders is really recognize, how do I empower other people to see themselves as the creators that they are and there i say as the gods and goddesses that they are because by the way that's what we are we come from the same divine source and spark as divinity itself we are not separate from it we are of it so I think that is the real sense of urgency that that's why I've been talking to my clients in a different tone, right? The tone has now been, hey, we've been dealing with this issue with X for, for six weeks now. What is it going to take for you to get past this? So I can actually show you the beauty that lies on the other side of getting through this issue that you've been wanting to get over. What is it going to take for you to let go of the pain, to let go of the fear, to let go of the sadness, to let go of the I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, and to step you into your complete 100% confidence?
0: Yes. Yes. How do we empower others to take radical self-responsibility at that time and stand at this time, own and stand in their light, in their truth and own who they are. They're God given gifts. And it is, it's, it's hard to put down that rock that we've been carrying for so long. It's hard to take off that backpack because it's become a part of us, but this is the moment that, that we're dropping it off the cliff completely.
1: To, right. <laughs> and the number one way to do that is to do that ourselves, right? Because we, Oh, we can't are- do it for you. Cause if
0: I take off your backpack, you'll never know how to take it off yourself. I can't oh, take way. it off. for oh, you.
1: And I can't bullshit to you that I'm doing it because people will see right through that. Yeah. And I don't want to. I'll slow down your journey. Totally. (laughs) Totally. No one wants that. So I don't know. I just think it's such a beautiful, beautiful time for change. But we have to be vigilant. We have to be steadfast. And we cannot buy our own bullshit anymore. We just can't feed our own bullshit to ourselves anymore. It's not working. Just not working. So why keep doing it?
0: If you were to sit down with your younger self, maybe you were in your 30s, maybe she wasn't five, maybe she wasn't 15, maybe she was a lawyer, wherever, and give her a pep talk. What are three things you would tell her in a stern, loving, compassionate voice?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. (laughs) (laughs) You are more powerful than you can even imagine. everything that has happened to you and will happen to you is because you live on a planet that's here to teach you. So learn the lessons and grow. Don't build yourself a different cage. That's what I would say. And I think the third one would be The vital force of love is not understandable by you until you turn that love towards yourself. Like this is
0: I know I just like <laughs> melted in my seat.
1: <laughs> those are the things that I would say to her. And you're a fucking rock star. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. You are. Yes, you are. (laughs) This podcast is called Activate because it's all about growing on both the soul line and the goal line. And I feel like so many of us think that life, like you used to, is about winning on the goal line. But it's until we can meet ourselves in that divine intersection, we're not going to move to India and meditate for the rest of our lives on a mountain. But we're here to bring heaven on earth. That's why we're here, right? We are here to live extraordinary lives and build extraordinary things and co-create and and invent and do all the things on the goal line. So do you have any last um words of advice or maybe a definition you would have for how to live a life fully activated? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love I love what you're doing. I love the podcast. I love the 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 intention behind it. Um, I would say, you know, and I'm pausing because there's so many things flooding to my mind, right? But I want I want to give a nugget that feels real and poignant. Activate in the knowing that you are that thing, that presence that can see when you're off track. That consciousness is who you really are. And so if you can always live in the activation of knowing that you always know what's best for you, then there's no reason you cannot accomplish your soul and your goal. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Anyway. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You know, you always know.
1: You always know. You always know. And and that, and that pure, and the, and the, and the part of you that's actually thinking the thing and thinking the thought and seeing it all, that's the real you. You're not the thought or the thinking of it. You're the person in witness of it saying, oh, that's what I'm thinking. So what is that consciousness that's allowing you to do that? Well, that's that consciousness that's already perfect and knows everything. And that's your true activation is recognizing that consciousness.
0: And when we stand in alignment with that, anything is possible. And you've shown us that you're a living example of rebirth and rebirth again. So thank you all um, for listening. And thank you, Priya, for giving so many of us on the line full on permission full-on permission to choose ourselves, full-on permission to say yes to our evolution, full-on permission to go. Go for it. Go big right now. This is our time.
1: This is it. One,
0: two, three, go. (laughs) So where can people find you?
1: Ooh, you can find me on Instagram at at AwakenAnanda, A-N-A-N-D-A, uh, or on my website, AwakenAnanda.com, or Facebook with the same name, um, A-N-A-N-D-A. And I'm looking forward to talking to all of the wonderful people that listen to you, Laura, um, or on YouTube. I have some YouTube videos, you know, all the things,
0: all the places. So much value, so much wisdom. Love you, girl. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please share this episode and DM us. We love to interact with you about all you learn and create from this. If you love this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to get real-time updates when all new episodes go live. And if you can, please leave us a review. It will help us grow our community and our message to support more leaders on their growth journey. If you want to continue to hang out with me, follow me on Instagram at Laura E. Holloway and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at e. com for weekly downloads, blogs, upcoming workshops, events, and more. Stay aligned and make your move. I'll see you next week.